Hey, Daniela, how you doing? Good. I'm really happy today. Tell me more. I have like my heart's happy. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I feel there's something in my heart that I do like a little bit of a, I don't know if it's like pain or anxiety or like a little bit of a block, but there's a little bit of something here, but at the same time, I'm so happy. And I think it's because a lot of things, I mean, I had a heart, really deep heart to heart with uh, Mike today mm-hmm. uh, for Rosie's Mike's my boyfriend. And I just felt very heart centered in our conversation. Um, and I, when me and him connect on a heart level, it's really beautiful because it's new for me. Like I hadn't been in a relationship for seven years. So to have someone in my life who's as evolved as I am and willing to be introspective and have a heart connection with me is really important. And it makes my heart really happy. Like I'm going to tear up now because it, it's, it feels free and authentic. So my heart's happy and I'm just happy today. We have a great, you know, guest on and I just feel very blessed in my life. And, um, no matter what goes on, I I know that there's a lot of good things. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. I love the connection that you have with Mike. I, I feel like you both get so much out of it and bring so much to it. It's giving Mm -hmm. and receiving in a balanced way. And a lot of relationships you see today are not like that. So it's, it's extremely amazing that you're able to find that. Yeah. And I think for me, um, actually, I want to ask our guest about this because for me being on the, I'm going to use the bunny quotes and no one can see me, but the twin flame journey and experience, this has been like such a blessing in my life because I felt for so long, so trapped, like entrapped Mm -hmm. by like almost like another dark, like control thing of like, no, you're going to be with this person and you should continue to like fight your way through that. And and heal all these aspects and help them heal and all this stuff. And then it was like, you know what? I'm done. Right. Because I choose me. And then I did this really powerful healing session with, you know, a a really powerful healer here. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm on vacation. I meet Mike. So it's like this weird feeling of just being thankful because I was so stuck for so long and so heartbroken. So. Thankful for the freedom you're experiencing now. Yeah. So, yeah. I like, I'm going to cry the whole time. I'm like tearing up (laughs) everything. (laughs) Everything I say, I'm like going to cry, but I just feel very blessed. Good. I'm glad. Speaking of blessing, I went to our friend Kim's house yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, She just bought a new house and um, I wanted to go help bless her space. So I brought my sound bowl and uh, she had some sage and everything. <laughs> and we ended up um, doing uh, like a breathwork meditation. I just kind of channeled through whatever was coming through and I was kind of helping her connect more to the house. And she ended up kind of putting her left hand against the wall and expressing gratitude for the house being there and protecting their family and it was just, it was so nice. She was kind of crying the whole time, which is, which means it really hurts the truth centers, you know, right in the heart. Um, so yeah. I'm so glad that I was able to do that. And I think it was really helpful to her. That's really beautiful. And that's nice. I give gratitude to physical things. We've talked about this in many episodes. Like mm-hmm. I literally talk to like my house and my car and I'm just like so grateful for what it provides. Yeah. Um, Cause everything so has really energy. Beautiful. 
Exactly. So that's really nice that you helped her connect in that way because not everybody maybe knows how or, you know, maybe intuitively they know how, but you kind of open up that channel for them. So that's really nice. Yeah. Thanks, girl. Yeah. It was a beautiful day. Speaking of beauty and blessings, do you want to introduce our guest? I would love to. I'm so excited for our guest today. Me too. (laughs) So today we have Steve Noble. Steve is someone both Daniela and I have been following for years. Um, He creates YouTube videos of meditations and transmissions to help starseeds, just like us. His channel has reached over 130,000 YouTube subscribers. He's also the author of five nonfiction books. The most recent one is a free ebook called Starseeds. He was the director of a not-for-profit spiritual organization called Alternatives in London for 13 years. And at the same time, he began his own healing and awakening work. Um, And he also created a healing system called the Soul Matrix Healing for Starseeds. So welcome, Steve. Hey, the two Danielas. Hello, Danielle, (laughs) Daniela. That's Danielle, Daniela. Yes. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Thank you so much. It's literally such an honor because for me, I, don't, I know Danielle mentioned in your uh, intro there that we've been following you for years. I mean, for me in particular, probably around seven. Oh, wow. Yes. And uh, I probably have done most of the transmissions, if, most of them, right? When I feel guided to pick one, sometimes they're old ones that you've done, just feel guided to do one based on my ascension journey. So I feel very grateful. And honored to talk to you today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to have a program on truth. I think you mentioned raw truth. This is a program about raw truth. So we can talk about There's so much in the world that's not really truthful right now. So it's refreshing to to be in a company where you can actually speak the truth. We had a little uh, party here. And we had several people come around and everyone was very open. Everyone had a different view of the world, and different, different view of the world crisis. And so everyone was talking very freely and openly. And it's like, ah, oh, we can relax. We don't have to worry about our 3D families or 3D, what's mm-hmm. going on out in the 3D world. Where uh, in where I'm living now, even though restrictions have been lifted in the UK, there's still a lot of people, if I go to the supermarket, wearing these ridiculous masks, which are not really going to do anything for them. And a lot of people are still, you can see in some people's eyes fear as they kind of leap out of your way if you're not wearing a mask or something. And those who are just kind of, well, whatever. And I think there's a lot of people who are researching. It's forcing them to research and look and to look at the messages coming through the media and to find their own truth in, in all of this. So I do, I'm sure that everyone listening to you guys is going to be uh, researching and listening to their own truth, their own inner truth, but also looking at other platforms, what other people are saying, and not just listening to the CNN or Fox News or whatever else is going on and going, well, that must be true. And, and there's still people who, if it's in the newspaper, they think it must be true, which is like, wow, are you are you completely asleep? You know, mm-hmm. I think my job is the red pill, blue pill to some, to some extent, you know, like red pill, blue pill, which one are you going to take? Do you want to go back in? <laughs> yes. And in my family, they're all blue pill. Everyone in my family, I think, has taken the blue pill. And all my friends are red pill. And um, even in, in even in the spiritual community, some people have just taken the blue pill and decided I'm going to go back to sleep. I've seen a few people do that. And, yeah. you know, I'm going to take a toxic jab and and then put on Facebook my ring. You know, on Facebook, they can give you a ring which says, I've just taken my toxic jab. And I thought, oh, it's amazing. You're even telling everyone you've done it. 
Um, and the other thing I've heard is um, my higher self will transmute it. We're all masters. My higher self will transmute it. And this is a wonderful thought. And of course, it would be lovely. It's a lovely healing thought, isn't it? Because um, some friend of mine did take the jab and said to me, or it's actually to my partner, it's okay because my higher self will transmute it. And I heard some spiritual te teachers talking about this, but I think this one is different. It's not like what's gone before. And I think it, you have to be careful about just buying into, I'm a master, I can transform everything. Because if you had a vial of mercury and inject it into your blood, your higher self would not be able to transmute it, probably. You know, I think it's better off not to take it. You know, don't have your arm twisted and just take it. I don't care if I don't travel anymore. I'll just travel in England. I'm not taking this this toxic stuff. And uh, what I believe is that this this rollout, which I think is man-made, actually, mm -hmm. is part of a bigger agenda, much bigger agenda. This is just the beginning of something bigger. And so it, I think really people should resist the arm twisting. And because it's a planet of free will, really people have to, to say, yeah, I want it. And a lot of the programming and propaganda is generating towards people going, oh, I have to have it. I want it. I, people are even like celebrating. I've just had it. And I think, are you mental? But that's that's the plan, really, to get people to say, to actually really want it. And um, that's the sad state of the world. But the good news is the ascension process is rolling on. Light and dark is intensifying. And of course, the dark, which are rolling out these things, are intensifying their efforts. And um, as the light is intensifying, the dark is also, it's a very equal thing. The more light comes down, the more the dark is, is trying to hold on to, to their world and their dark timeline. And the dark are creating, uh, I do think COVID is linked to dark AI, is linked to dark nanotechnology, is linked to dark timelines. And I think what we're, where we're at now is a, is a period where timelines are really opening, we're at this crossroads of timelines. And it's like, which way is the soul going to go in this, this lifetime? You can go down the 3D timeline into more 3D, or you can start ascending. And that's the choice. You know, and a lot of the prophecies, you know, the Christian Book of Revelation said the same thing. The day of judgment, people will choose and there'll be a separation. And people can still choose, I guess, to shift on the 5D timeline. But most people have already made the choice. I think most people have chosen, even before this lifetime, which way they're going to go. So I don't bother persuading anyone. I think, if, okay, if that's where you want to go, enjoy the next 300 lifetimes down that timeline, you know. And then when you've had enough of it, come back and uh, we'll have another chat. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I agree. I think, yeah, and that, uh, wow, it's a lot to unpack there, but I, I, what was coming to me or what I want to ask is like a follow-up to that is like, how does this relate at all to like, um, like contracts that people have made and they kind of make a th more of a free will choice to kind of go down a different path. Like, I don't know how to, to phrase that any differently, but I almost feel like what you said resonates in the fact that I've already chosen my path and I've been honoring that path and going down it. But I've seen people that I felt like were supposed to be, and, and I get supposed to be is, is the wrong way of saying it because everything's meant to be the way it's meant to be. But I thought, that maybe they had chosen too, that they were going to go down a certain path, but then all of a sudden the railroad track switched. Right. Yeah. I, I think there are, there are many, actually there are many timelines, but they kind of broadly stretch out into 3d to Ascension. And 
Some of those 3D timelines are okay. You know, they're not too bad. Some of them lead to very, very dark places. And of course, the Ascension timelines lead to different places too. Um, the New Earth is the, is the Ascension timeline that we're all on, really, where the Earth shifts. And um, we're looking at, you know, really from the time it all started, which is probably in the 50s, 60s, when it really started kicking off, um, it's, it was always going to take up to around 80 to 100 years to really fully click in. The planet takes a long time. Individuals, we can shift from 3D to 5D quickly if we want to. We can wake up, start learning, meditating, and shift our vibration quickly. The planet is different. Every starseed comes in with a contract, I think, to awaken and be service to other and get on their path. And But they, they may have other agreements resonating as well in their field that can run a counter to it. So you can, you can have an agreement to wake up, but you can be born in a family where you take on family agreements of don't speak your truth, don't be too smart, you know, all of these things, these programs kind of, so there are all these things running at the same time. And so for, what happens for a lot of people is starseeds, or has been the case, maybe not so much now with the new waves coming in, but certainly for when I was born, I was born in a very 3D family, very closed down. I was this kind of magical child, interested in all kinds of magical things and sci-fi and, and superhero comics and Batman and Superman. And I love Spider-Man, actually. Spider-Man was one of my favorites. And then it, as a teenager, I got closed down. My parents were like, no, no, don't be weird. Stop this. Stop all this weird stuff. And um, I was reading a lot of spiritual books at the time, and they really disapproved of it. So I, I tried to be normal. And I think some of my generation and maybe even generations after try to fit in. All right. I, I'm too weird. I, I'll try and fit in. And I, I, I tried to fit in. I got married and did conventional jobs for 20 years and it was killing me. And I think for a lot of star seeds, if they do the conventional, normal, boring, stressful, it will kind of seek to kill them. And I even had, I felt I had to leave the planet. I pressed the eject button on my life in nine, in 87 I can't tolerate this life anymore. I'm too closed. I have got no move, movement, no freedom. And that really was the awakening for me. That began a sort of awakening. And then there was another awakening when my dad died. And, and so all of, and then there's a shedding of the normal and the 3D, how I should be and how I should think and how I should look. And now I tell all starseeds, your weirdness is your brilliance. That's one of the core things. You have to embrace your, your, unique, your uniqueness is your brilliance and your uniqueness is your gifts, your talents, your abilities that come from many lifetimes. And you can't fit into any box, especially your box your parents give you because their parents give us these boxes. Go here. This is the way we think you'll fit in the world. You know, be a nice person. Be, have a good day. You know, have a nice day and whatever is the program or be achieving. Push, 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 push or go for it. Go for it. Or or drop out and drop and join a commune or whatever the program is. We have to kind of clear all those programs and go, what do I really want? What's really true for me? What do I dream? What's my values? And then we get on the path and we, we keep it shedding layers of the onion really to find out who we are. Once we shed the layers, we, we find all these magical parts of ourselves. I've, I'm still, I now find that magical child within me that wants to wear pink flamingo shirts, you know, well, maybe this is my adolescent, probably, you know, probably not my child, but my adolescent wanted to wear outrageous. As an adolescent, I wore outrageous clothing, which wasn't really appreciated very much by my family. So uh, <laughs> I remember being into all the, 
Glitter kind of, you know, there was Gary Glitter when he was kind of okay, or we thought he was okay. David Bowie and all this kind of weird dressing up. And uh, but my parents really did not appreciate Mark Boland. They didn't appreciate any of that. Um, and so I tried to be normal. I went working in a bank in the city. I absolutely loathed it. I got married, uh, had a family, and I tried. I mean, I, I love my 3D family and my kids and my grand grandkids are adorable little star seeds, but. Yeah, uh, being normal is not good. And so we're, we have to shed agreements and programs from bloodline and other lifetimes. And a lot of starseeds come in with uh, agreements from other lifetimes that says, well, since I was killed those X number of times in a horrible way before for speaking my truth, I'm not going to speak my truth anymore. So it's almost like a push-pull. I want to, but I'm scared to. It's very common, actually. When I woke up, it was, I want to speak out, I want to embrace, but I'm scared to. You know, that kind of thing, you know. So yeah. that's the thing Starseeds put up with. So I think Starseeds could choose to go to sleep. Um, I'm not sure what really happened to a Starseed to go to sleep. Maybe just go on another 3D timeline. Or I don't know really what happens, but they've not fulfilled their mission. That's for sure. And whether they get another chance to do it, I don't know. But this lifetime is the key lifetime because it's, you know, the... That, that we're at the time of the end of the fifth sun and the beginning of the sixth sun, according to the Mayans and the Toltecs. And I really feel that prophecy is really accurate, the, especially the Toltec one, where they said the end of the fifth age was on July 1991. That was the year I was waking up. They said the energy of the fifth age and the new sixth age was equal on the, the, the 21st of December 2012. That's when I left, resigned from alternatives. And they said the really the sixth sun energy starts to really move way out from the fifth sun this year in May of this year. Um, between 2012 and May of this year, it's been a difficult time, difficult layers. Uh, but now the energy is starting to intensify much more and the dark really can't hold it, which is why they're doing what they're doing. They're trying to desperately hold on to something. Mm -hmm. How long do you think, uh, have you gotten any intuitive hits on how long this COVID uh, control play is going to last? Um, <clears throat> well, it's certainly not over this year and there'll be more trying to, get, to go next year. I think, I, I have the feeling that something's going to happen. Something, a curveball is going to happen that kind of shakes everything up. I don't know what it is. It may be an event on the planet. It might be a earth change. It might be something big that starts to shift things. Um, I think also what will happen is a lot of people are going to start waking up and saying no to it. Because the plan is if everyone just gets jabbed and everyone goes along with it, but not everyone is going to go along with it. It's a lot, especially in Europe. I mean, I went to a march in London where a million people marched against it, and that made the government relax all restrictions. And um, I think the trouble in America is America's a bit of a different case because, as I mentioned before the call, America's really got a lot of the Illuminati there because of the power of America, the military power. Uh, you know, America's got 800 military bases around the world. It's a superpower, really. And so they can use that. The Illuminati are in the city of London because of the finances, and they are connected to the Vatican because of the religious programming. Uh, and there are in other places as well. You know, there are other places you find them, but they're really pulling all the strings. And um, your current president, I think, is well enmeshed in that dark, 100%. deep state. 
thing. Yes. I know a lot of people had a sigh of relief when Donald Trump left um, because it was a lot of controversy and a lot of difficulty with him. But a lot of the difficulty was for two reasons. One, because he's not really an experienced politician and he did make some silly, you know, I think the things he was saying on Twitter was not from an experienced politician because he would know then that you're feeding the media, which were against him anyway, ammunition. ammunition. So he probably needed better advisors. But being a businessman, he was quick to, you know, the apprentice, you're fired, you know. So a lot of people got fired around him. So that was the difficulty. Um, I think he knew what he was up against and um, he was up against formidable forces. He wasn't, and, you know, people love him or hate him, don't they? And I'm in the middle, I think, you know, it's a shame he wasn't more experienced uh, because I think he did do some good things and he did some really silly mistakes as well. Uh, whereas Biden is one of those, you know, he's hiding in the shadows, you know, he's, you know, when you, if you hear him speak, I'm wondering which one is the real Joe Biden? Is this really him or what is it? Is it his like robot? Yeah. <laughs> or, alien. Or clone yeah. Or something. A clone. Mm-hmm. But you hey, know, we're all on the same page here. I feel exactly the same. America's mm-hmm. been controlled that way for a while. You know, I think um, especially Obama. I did love Obama, but, you know, my God, he's just part of the same thing. Clinton, I've, you know, uh, Hillary, I'm so glad she didn't get in. Otherwise, America would have really suffered and the world would have suffered because it could have led to war with Russia, I think, the way she was going. Um, and there's just so much stuff around the Clintons, you know, really. Um, Very dark. Uh, uh, George W., well, you can't, another one, really, you know. Before <laughs> that, I think the only presidents, from what I hear, the presidents who really came out against the dark forces were John F. Kennedy and Lincoln were trying to block... Abraham Lincoln were trying to block him. You know what happened. So he got assassinated because of that exact reason. And yeah. Lincoln as well. Both got assassinated. Lincoln, for, yeah. Once you start interfering with central bank, federal reserves and all of that, then you, you know, you, you, uh... so this is what we're up against. But the thing is that 30 years ago, nobody would have had this conversation. Nobody knew about it. Nobody would have seen it. The curtain was well drawn. The magicians behind the curtain, like Wizard of Oz, were doing their thing, you know, and nobody saw them. You couldn't. But after 9-11, the curtain started to, whoa, what's that? And they started to become more visible. So now millions of people are more aware than ever before of the dark. And that is not good for them because they need, their power comes from secrecy. The moment most people realize what's up, is the moment their power is really on shaky ground. And this is one reason why the dark forces do not like whistleblowers. Whistleblowers are mostly, almost universally, uh, starseeds. You know, if I look at um, Edward Snowden, he looks like an angel to me. And, you know, if it comes to trusting Edward Snowden or Obama, whereas before I would trust Obama, but then when I realized, I'm like, no, no, Snowden, you know, this is these are the kind of people you've listened to but the dark forces really are against them because they are revealing what's in the shadows that's why assange and chelsea manning have been so badly treated and continue to be i'm not sure what's happening to uh, chelsea manning but assange is still locked up and you know being treated really badly they're really frightened of whistleblowers because that could really uh you know reveal the whole thing what they're up 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 uh, up, up to well i think that was some of the and you already said it, but that's what happened was starting to happen with Trump. He didn't do it the right way, but that's what he was trying to do is expose all the manipulation, right? And all of the things that were really against 
I mean, the globe, but just America in general, right? I mean, we have all of these uh, sources of funding going to various things that are supposed to be helping people that aren't actually helping people, right? And then it's just a lot, right? And I think that America was so blind to think that uh, Biden was like the angel. That's what people were saying, right? Oh, he's the God savior over Trump. You know, Trump was, they called him uh, Hitler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually really funny because it's like, oh, okay. I actually felt more free. <laughs> I felt like a sense of relief when he was the president because I felt like, you know, he's exposing some stuff. I feel good. He's not going to come take what I have. Right. I mean, it's one of those things, not knock on my door about the vaccine. They're doing that here. They knock on your door, say, hey, you're really? vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Wow. Not doing that here. No. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? But uh, I wanted to ask you, um, with some of your meditations, so getting to the point of like using the tools that we have, right, to relinquish ourselves from these dark forces and to try to come to our own individual truth, what made you, ch- do you channel all of these messages? Obviously you do, but what guides you to certain intentions during your meditation healings? So a lot of it is um, through personal experience. And then I, I what happens to me is I, I'm in the Hogwarts dark arts training. Is partly what I'm into. <clears throat> so I get affected by something or I get hit by something. And I'm like, oh, what is that? And then I have to work out what is it. And so I got hit recently by um, dark AI. And I have, I've had a lot of clients who've had this before, but I have never really been hit by it. And I spent four days of like, oh, my God, what is this? asking my partner, can you check me getting friends? And, you know, something has gone on. It's, you know, I've dealt with a lot of stuff and a lot of dark stuff, but this day, this particular thing I'd never come across before. And that led to my latest one, which was the transmission around clearing dark AI and nanotechnology. So I had to go through it. I'm like, why am I going through this? But then afterwards it's like, well, you know, you need to do this stuff and you can't do it theoretically. You have to do it experientially. And so, um, I'm not afraid of talking about the dark um, because I've been hit by them for a number of years. Ever since um, I think I went into a dark night of the soul 2010 and I came out 2016. And once I came out, I'm like, right, what, let's, let's find ways of neutralizing every which way these things can try and block star seeds. Because I was switched off for six years and that's a long time to be switched off. But it gave me a real motivation and it gave me a real tool set of like, how did they do it? What do I need to learn so they don't do it again? And then put it out as a resource because a lot of starseeds are now going through dark nights of the soul where I went before. And so now I'm out of it. And I'm asking, you know, these, these guys, it was, it's very quick now. It was in the early days, it was a bit slow. I was a bit slower. Like, can you just tell me like meditation for like two hours? <laughs> oh, let me decode that. Uh, oh, Okay. <laughs> And then eventually get it. And it was very slow. It would take me days in the beginning, you know. But now I'm like, okay, what is it? What can we do? And it's kind of ping pong, ting tong, ting tong. And then I'd run it through my body. Doesn't feel quite complete. I, I kind of, it's not complete. What is missing? And then uh, and it, it may be me not being a complete channel. I'm not saying they've missed something. And I go, oh, okay, it's that. Sorry, I need to put that in there. Run it through. Oh, it's complete now. Oh, okay. Thank. I'll put it out. And so that's my process these days. Or the other thing is that someone might say something and it, it hits me like, a, oh, I need to do something on that. So what happened on the, the dark AI one, someone wrote a comment on it 
uh, and the comment was something like, is this going to interfere with me doing my shadow work? I don't want to interfere with my shadow selves. And I was like, what? There must be some confusion about shadow work and dealing with dark alien AI. So I, I'm, I've done a, I'm writing out now the whole piece of what is shadow work? How, and what is it? You know, dark alien AI is someone getting something and jabbing it in you etherically and it interferes with your body. Shadow selves are parts of your personality that gets fragmented in early childhood and maybe adolescence because for some reason people around you don't like it or you feel it's dangerous to have this particular thing. Like, for example, if you're growing up in a family of go-getting, go for it, you know, ambitious gold medalists, you can't be your chilled, laid back part may be not allowed in the family. So you have to get rid of it. If you're rebellious in a family of pleasers, you know, hey, have a nice day. It's like, no, no, you've got to be nice and pleasing. So the rebellious part gets fragmented. This is shadow work. We call back the parts of us that we feel afraid of, that are taboo, that we're ashamed of, that we have to reintegrate. And that shadow work has nothing to do with dark AI. But the, the fact that someone said it made me realize, ah, there's another bit of the jigsaw I need to, to put. So I'm really keen on creating a huge resource for people that wherever the issue, there's something they can go and find. And you know, it's been taking me years to build this 300 or 350, I don't know, different tracks on different things from healing your chakras to connecting with star guides to um, calling goddess energies in. Uh, I need to do one on the wild masculine, but it's just I haven't had time, but it's, that's one's coming because I've done a lot on the goddess, but the poor wild masculine is left behind. You know, What about the masculine energy, the true masculine? I haven't done so much on that. Mm. And I, although I've done about 10 or 12, or maybe more goddessy ones. So I'm like, I haven't even got a womb, guys. I shouldn't be doing this. But they <laughs> say, no, do it. Do no, it. they'll do it, they say. <laughs> That's what yes. they told me. So I don't say no anymore. I was like, okay, I've got a womb, but fine, I'll do it. And um, yeah, I, in the beginning, I didn't really know. It seemed to be higgledy-piggledy. It seemed to be illogical. We're doing one here and one there and another there. And, I did, and some people will ask me, what one do I do first? I go, I don't know, because I'm really having trouble seeing the order of it. And then now what I'm seeing is they're aggregating and it's like jigsaw puzzles coming together. That There are ones which deal with chakras. There are ones which deal with dark forces. There are ones which connect you to guides. There are, so there's whole groups that are coming together. So now after four or five years, I can see, oh, it's making sense now, finally. In the beginning, it didn't make sense. I just went with it. I go, okay, well, I don't know why I'm jumping from this one to that one. But it was the way, maybe it's the way my mind works. I'm not really a very straight, logical person. So I tend to be yeah. a bit weird. Well, and so. I think that there's a blend for every, something for everybody, right? Because yeah. for me, for example, I'm not guided in any sequential order. It's like I might pick something you did five years ago or something you did yesterday. You know, it's, it depends on what I'm working through and guided to do that's impacting me. So if even if you're all over the place, you're still tackling different groups of people that are different stages working on something different so nothing is sequential in my mind yeah and sometimes i have a particular problem like uh, i was having a problem with people or, or someone projecting energy towards me that i really did not want to have so i'm like and you know i've got a huge audience there's lots of people connecting with me and i've had several people say to me hey my higher self tells me you're my twin flame and i'm like you and another several others, you know, you know, there's only one of me to go around. I'm sorry, but I, I don't think I am. 
and they were really convinced and really kind of like, oh, are you sure? Because my higher self says you are. And uh, I had someone on my uh, social media ch- channel, I've built my own social media, media platform, send me a private message saying, um, are you visiting me in my dreams? And I'm like, uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. And then she, she, she left. And, uh, you know, I think some of it can be projection or well-wishing, you know, and, but I did have some energies which were really not pleasant and I had to learn to neutralize them. And so now I do the crystal rose shield, which is something I've been doing recently a lot because, um, you know, it's just the nature of things that I get projected. This is why I think celebrities go mental sometimes because they're getting millions of people sending them love and hate. And I don't think they, unless you know about energy, you don't know, you can't cope with it. That's why I think a lot of them jump, jump off the cliff or something, you know, it's too much. It's literally too much. I, I, yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine but I need that crystal thing too. <laughs> you need it, yeah. I, I need I need, it. One of the challenges for me is to stay ordinary, you know. And my, my partner, when she met me, um, we've been together for a while now, she said, it's amazing, you, you're so ordinary, you know, but you do all this kind of stuff. But when, when I talk to you, it's just so ordinary and, and, you know, humble in a way. You don't let it go to your head when people start going, oh, you're so amazing. Because every day on my channel, it's like, oh, you saved my life. You're so amazing. So, and I read it as feedback. I don't take it personally as But that's I'm because you're connected to your soul and not the ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we have, we're in our authentic heart-centered self. So that is just like, oh, thank you. Right? Like you're humbled. But it's not yeah. like, oh, I'm the best thing ever. You know, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I the worst thing. That. Some people, I see some people go off the deep end, the uh, spiritual teachers, yeah. where they, they start believing their own PR, you know, like, you know, we're ordinary people doing an amazing job for people, but I drink tea. I do, I do ordinary things, you know, um, yeah. I, I think I had, we had this little dinner party where we invited several people around and two people came that lived in the area. One was a light language teacher. And she said, I want to be my friend. I'm a bit shy. And I realized when they came around that they were a bit, I think they might have been a bit in awe of me or there was something. And then one of them turned to me and said, oh, I love all your meditations. I love blah, 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 blah. And then the ice broke. And I was like, oh, that's great. Thank you. That's so much. And then we could talk ordinarily about stuff, you know, because for the first 15 minutes of coming in, they were telling me all these layers of spiritual work they were doing as if I was getting a spiritual CV about, you know, that they could possibly be in my presence or something ridiculous like that. And then like, oh, we got that out of the way. Okay, let's just have tea and have fun and and chat about the world and what's going on and how you're doing, you know. I think that's so important to acknowledge that what you're doing is your your mission your gift and it's amazing and beautiful but you are just a person like everyone else is so you everyone can connect with their gifts and source and and things like that this is something that is special about you but it doesn't make you special yeah the only difference between me and a number of people would be that i've said yes to it yes. uh, you know and i've said yes consistently for a while and you know when i was uh when i had my first awakening i went oh yeah this is what I've been waiting for. And I just, ever since then, I've gone with it. I got switched off for six years, but that was dark forces getting interfering with me. But when I came back, I'm like, back on the path again. Yay. Okay. What am I here to do? And I think really I'm here to do this. I've never felt so aligned so and it's so easy and so flowing and, and touching so many people. And, you know, because sometimes I put something out and go, was that really good? And my ego, was that good enough? Was it all right? 
you know, and I read the comments and I'm like, oh, okay. It feels like it wasn't right. Yeah. You know, my ego sometimes says, no, no, you must've missed something or, right. um, and I have to I kind of not ego, just relax. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah. It's like that movie, Luca. Have you seen the movie, the cute little Disney? Luca. Which one was that? Luca. No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's a cute Disney one about these mermaid boys. And he says, oh. uh, quiet, uh, what does he say to his um, ego? He has a name for it. Quiet Gustavo or whatever, like it, it, when he wants to do something fun. And he's like, no, no, I'm a little scared. Oh, no, quiet it down. And then he does it anyway. It's actually really cute for kids. But um, oh, I wanted to ask, like uh, you mentioned the twin flame thing. And I've seen a few memes that you've posted. I don't know if it's a meme, but said like twin flame is not marriage material. Can you talk to me a little bit about Twin Flame and uh, your experience with it or what you've gotten on it? Because I was on that. That's that's actually how I awakened is like I met this person broke up with me. All of a sudden I was seeing all these signs and even know I was intuitive or psychic, whatever you want to call it. And then all of a sudden it was like now I'm flown into this world and I'm the weird one. Right. And everyone was judging me. And I didn't even know what the word was. I just Googled something and all of a sudden all these articles and and then all of a sudden I was spun into this world for six, seven years. Um, I'm thankful for it because I'm in where I'm meant to be now because of it. But I had to start detaching from like the spiritual aspect of it and then like the physical reality yeah. of it. Well, my, my take on it goes against what a lot of people say on it because I think there's a lot of romantic stuff that's said about it that gives the impression that you're going to – it's a bit like the old fairy tales. You're going to meet your Prince Charming and he's going to whisk you away and you're going to live in this happy castle forever and ever and everything will be wonderful. And that's the way it's – presented sometimes but really i think there are twin flames are i think there are different levels of twin flame different dimensional aspects which means you can meet one in 3d possibly you can meet one in 4d 5d you can meet one at different levels there i don't think that this one twin flame really but when people are waking up from 3d up what they tend to meet is someone who's a catalyst and they think he fits all the he or she fits all the signs of the twin flame and they go, oh, that must be a twin flame. But what happened to me when, before my dark night of the soul is I met someone and uh, from America. She was a Texan woman living in Ireland. And the intensity of it was so strong. Meeting this person, it was really overpoweringly strong. And then eventually she said to me, oh, I kind of like you. And I was like, oh, well, that's, that's a door opening, inviting me in. You know, I like you. And then the strange thing was that when we started coming together, I never had this experience since, but we could meditate together in different countries and see the same journey and do the same thing. And, and it was kind of weird and weird. And it's almost like, I think what happened was with this person, it was actually confirmed by somebody later was that I think I'd have some lifetimes with this person working magically or energetically. So you may meet someone you've worked magically or energetically or tantrically, and it feels like there's, there's a different energy with them. Very intense, very strong. Uh, what happens typically in that situation is that it, it's intense. And it doesn't always, it's not always, both parties may not agree to it, but let's say both parties go, yay, huh, I, I know you, you know me, let's have a relationship. Three or four months, you have a relationship. And then what happens? It's too intense, one jump ship and they leave and they go, 
I'm out of here. And the other person's like, oh, where have you gone? You're my, you've come back, come back. And no, no, I'm off. And then, oh, you're my twin flame. I know you're going to come back. And there's all of this goes on. And, but basically, the, especially the person who's left pining wakes up. That's the intention. You're going to wake because you've had a big kick up the whatever, and it wakes you up. And <clears throat> what you can meet you know, on the journey, you meet people in your soul family, people in your soul family you had lifetimes with that are not super challenging, not super difficult. They're not going to blow your energy field up. They're not going to challenge you to the extent that you can't. They're going to be like, oh, you're speaking my language. It's nice. And if you really are living with your, some people say, I'm living with my twin flame. They're really living with their, with someone they have a strong soul connection with because it's easy and flowing and graceful and nice. Twin flame, what people call twin flame, is not easy, graceful. It's intense. It burns you. It blows you up. And, you know, you're mostly left reeling. So I, I did a retreat once where there was a woman who run twin flame seminars. And she was going, I like this guy, Steve. And she invited three or four couples. I had four of them, couples, all twin flame connections. And I'm like, oh, my God. All right, then. I better keep my mouth shut on, on my particular take on twin flames. <laughs> Anyway, um, the woman who, uh, the, the, one of the couples, I actually became, they became clients. And then I witnessed this journey of unraveling and blowing up. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And I was just witnessing and helping them through it in their own way. And then it parted and I was helping them to understand that it's okay. And, and they did part. I've also spoken to two or three women who've had businesses for Twin Flame. This is my Twin Flame business. And I've said to all of them, well, that's wonderful. Where is your twin flame now? And all of them said, well, he's not speaking to me at the moment, but I know he's coming back and I know he's my twin flame. So basically that what that is, is denying what reality is telling you. Even if he says, like one, one person said to me on the phone, he said, I never want to speak to you again. And I'm like, can it be ever clearer? to you that he's actually said that no no but discounted no 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 it's my twin it's flame. the excuses of yeah, around yeah, yeah. twin flame yeah mm -hmm. cognitive cognitive dissonance you know no i believe it so strongly i'm just going to ignore what he says you know when i went when i was with that woman uh, the texan woman um we we had a where were, where were we we were in yeah, I went to, I flew to Texas. That's right. I flew to Texas and I have to check this out. You know, she went back to Texas. She was living in Ireland. She went back and uh, I checked it out. We went into a coffee shop, some Mexican coffee shop and she was ordering teas and um, I was sitting on the coffee table. There's a book on the coffee table, like a children's book. And it had a big heart on it called the one universe or something. And I opened it up and the story is about a man and a woman that one heart and then they separated and went their two ways and one went to heaven, one went to hell, one had joy, <laughs> one had suffering, but it was all weaving. And I'm reading this going, this is like the typical twin flame, like two parts going apart. And then at the end, they come back as one heart together. And I looked at this book and I was like, oh, and she came back and I said, look at this book. And uh, she went, oh, my God. And she actually bought it for me and posted it to me uh, later on. And there were other signs, like I dreamt that I married her. And I dreamt it was all kinds of weird synchronicities. Yes. And I got fooled into, oh, well, that must mean. But it meant 
I'm going to get a big wake up any minute. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> that's very similar to, yeah. Yeah. That's a typical a story. Really. And stuff like that. It's typical. Well, I, you have to break any agreements or contracts with the twin flame. Did, you have yeah. to cut all cords. Yes. And um, in meditation, I recommend you call him and his higher self and see, is this person close or far away energetically? If he's close to you, tell him to step away. He has no permission to be in your energy field. Because a lot mm. of times they're, they're there. They're like still in your face. You have Mine to go was away. for a while, the energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did do that, I think, uh, okay. many times. And uh, setting the free, the, the karma, anything free, any of the cords, the contracts, the agreements, uh, any of that. Um, even like any of the um, programs or like implants, like that kind of were generated from the twin flame uh, like programs on social media, things like that, right? Like any of those type of programs that were implanted, you know, thank God. I mean, that I broke free from it because I still have people in my life that are like spiraling on it. And right. I would say that I was um, just, I just one day was like, I, this doesn't resonate. Like there was something deep inside of me that was like, this isn't like, right. Like, why would you settle for this type of energy? Like yeah. your meme said, right? Like they're not twin flame, not marriage material. Like if someone's not talking to you for seven years and in another relationship with someone else, why am I going <laughs> to sit here and think like, oh, he's going to come back to me and maybe he'll change. And, and I can it's almost definitely... like the brain freezes and then it, common sense ends, isn't it? When the, that, that kind of thinking goes on, that kind of romantic thinking goes on. You know, yeah. I'm going to trust my higher self. He's going to bring him to me, you know. And I've heard a lot of people say that to me. I did the post, uh, yeah, twin flames are not marriage material. I had some woman on Instagram going, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And she replied to a load of people coming. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Don't listen to him. I know I've got some business or whatever she's doing. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> if that's what you think, take if people down the rabbit to, hole. It's the rabbit hole. It's almost like dark infiltration again in that because people are so stuck. I remember talking to this one girl online and she told me, well, you know, she said to me, well, most divine feminine are actually apart from their twin. And like I am, and I uh, feel him having sex with his new girl. It's just part of the journey. And oh. I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I do not want any part of that. Again, it's more for me, it was more an awakening of like deep self-love. Like, like, why would I accept that energy in my life? Like, I'm a very, to me, I consider myself a very sacred person. Like, I've only been with a couple people. I don't want that energy in my life. I don't want to be peeping into what he's doing, like feeling any of that. Like, that's, that's, doesn't feel good for me as a sacred being. Yeah. I think for me, uh, you know, I don't, I didn't have any, ethical disagreements with polyamory but energetically i think it's a really difficult thing to do unless you um are in a really open loving all three of you or whatever are open loving transparent connected and it's possible some people can do it but mostly i think it's difficult for people to do that open type of relationship you know and i've also I mean, I know that's not exactly what you're talking about, but it's that energetic, isn't it's it? You're same, connected. Yeah. You're connected with, with them. And, you know, if they're sleeping with three people, then you're connected with all of them. You think, why do I feel so weird? 
you know it's it's that kind of intensity uh separation is a useful illusion while we're on the earth plane you know we're, otherwise we'll still be umbilically connected to our mother we need to separate from mother and we need to know we have our own body and they're there so at one level spiritually we're connected or one but on the earth plane also it's nice to separate from people and to have our own space and our own energy and not to feel because um, if you were growing up in a tribal culture you would have your energy field interconnected with everyone in the tribe and this is why tribal people think of we and us they don't think of i in america and england we're i i think this and i do this we're independent taught to be independent but and it's a stage of evolution you know tribal independent and to go back to unity consciousness in a different way not in the old fusion way where we are one with the tribe if we're not in the tribe we die which is the tribal consciousness we're we go back to unity consciousness in a different way that's the kind of uh, spiral of evolution i think which is where we are so we've taught to be independent but we have to learn to also know that we're unity conscious know how to connect but also how to disconnect when we need to disconnect Right. from some energies you know people say we're all one well then are you all one with nazis or ss or you know fascists they go oh no 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 i'm all one with everything else well you can't <laughs> be all one with everything else you're either all one with everything or <laughs> right or you're yeah <clears throat> you can't choose exactly. i'll be one with you and you but not them <laughs> <laughs> i love that That's awesome. yeah so separation is useful at times actually yeah. yeah so we can yeah. join connect and separate mm -hmm. yeah. and that's part of the journey learning how to we can merge our energy with a partner love making is merging but then we can separate and we can if we're married to someone or if they're a lifetime partner then our energies are all to some extent merged usually unless the relationship's a bit odd it will be merged <laughs> yeah. and of course there are people that have long relationships that their energy is not merged no. i mean i've had clients where one partner is just off on some weird trip and yeah, doing all kinds of, you, there's all kinds of weird combinations in this world around energy. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. But sexually is one way we open up, which is why I think the dark forces use this twin flame thing. Sometimes, um, even though it works to catalyze starseeds, sometimes they're sent into novel and block. And, you know, some starseeds are blocked by this twin flame because they're so, they can be so taken by it and so stopped in the tracks by it that it stops them on their mission. You know, so that the key is let it wake you up, but just let it go and back in the background, move past it. Don't let it, don't obsess about it for years, which some people do. That's going to keep you stopping. That stops you from your mission really. Yes. It's Thank almost you. like that journey is in the media though. Like all the, the fairy tales and things like that is it seems very similar to the twin flame journey of this whirlwind romance. And you're always going to be like, have that passion for every day of the rest of your life. It seems like that's been the brainwashing of what we should do. Yeah. Netflix is full of those kind of romantic, you know, type of films, aren't they? And uh, nobody wants a romantic film with an unhappy ending. Really. They all want to be happy. And Walt Disney, provided the blueprint really for this the formula for it in the great depression he want people need to be happy let's let's make them feel good and you know that that's been mostly the kind of formula i think the films that come out of hollywood are very different to the films that come out of europe for example 
the films are very formulaic in Hollywood, whereas European, they're very quirky and different and depends on what country they are, which is why I, I think world cinema is good for the soul, just to expand beyond. I mean, I like some of the Hollywood films, you know, I like Jerry Maguire and those kind of films. There've been some great films come out, but, um, and The Matrix and Avatar, there are some great films that are not exactly formulaic, but um, yeah, I, I recommend people travel, watch world cinema, because people in Europe think very differently to people in America, mm. very differently. Mm-hmm. If you go to Chile or, or Brazil, they're going to think very differently to New York right. or London. You know, mm-hmm. It's good to expand your <clears throat> way of thinking. My first wife was from Portugal, so my first 15 years was experiencing this very tribal culture and you know i'm still connected to my 3d family and they're they're like a tribe that descend they came down here 17 or 18 of them came visiting that like, i had to book a restaurant with 18 you know <laughs> seats and it was very good to see it once in a while you know the whole tribe and then, and then my second, second long-term partner was from italy and that had the italian experience for like 12 years and uh, so my my partner is and, and not from the mediterranean she's from south africa so it's a different cultural so i've had so relationships can also expand your energy culturally you get expanded to different ways of looking at the world different ways of believing the world and that's a very good thing and unfortunately i think in america a lot of people don't travel beyond america i think it's good to travel beyond your own country to see people think and do things differently you know yes i agree with that my perspective completely shifted whenever i would travel um i've been blessed with the opportunity to travel a ton since i was very young um having a stepmom who was from england we went all yeah. around Europe and everything. And then I ended up living in Hungary for a little while in Budapest. Oh, wow. And I think that people always um, judge uh, that type of person, the very stoic, like Europe, Central European look, but they are some of the nicest people I've ever met. And yeah. they got great boundaries for sure. <laughs> yeah, great boundaries, great sense of humor. You have to yeah. tune into the humor of every country. Mm-hmm. Once you get the humor, you can, because I've done a lot of workshops in different countries and you have to get the humor of the people. And once you get it, then you're off. Like there's a different humor in America to Italy, to Spain, you know, and you, uh, or uh, Ireland, very, very different. And I love to tap into the humor and the kind of cultural. And some people like in Italy, their sense of personal space is very different to England. Like they don't mind standing right. Like, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> You know, hey, you're too close, man. <laughs> but that's just something they like. They like that touchy feely, really in your face kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Even if you've ever driven in Italy uh, on the motorway, they're driving like right up your backside. And I'm like, I said to my, what are they doing? I said, that's normal. That's what they do here. <laughs> and do I there. just had to get used to that different rules of, of moving through the world. And yes. I don't think it's any less dangerous, really. But it, once you get used to the, how the rules work, you follow the rules there and then, you, you, you know, it's all, all right. Yeah. Right. You go around the roundabout the right way, not the other way. And you'll be yes, fine. yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely. Um, Steve, I know we don't have too much time left, but I did want to share with you that um, during my spiritual awakening pl- process, Daniela was there for me. It was happened about five years ago when I started. And part of it was I had really, really terrible pelvic issues in every way. And um, I found that my root chakra was completely blocked, more than blocked. It was almost like just, I don't even know, there was way more than just a blockage there. And the root chakra meditation that that you did, um, where you connect to the fiery core of Gaia, 
that helped me through all of it. At one point I was not able to walk, but when I would do your meditation, I had no pain for 24 hours. And so it helped me open up to realize that there's way more to do with the body um, than doctors would tell me. Yeah. So it helped me figure out the mind body connection. It helped me realize that I had a spiritual body and a physical body. I just learned so much from it. So I do want to express gratitude toward the work you're doing and it, and it definitely really, really helped me to be able to walk and be happy again in life. So I'm really uh, grateful for that. Are you dancing? Every day. (laughs) Good. (laughs) You have to dance. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that was part of my, I did a sacred feminine embodiment class earlier this year and dancing was a huge part of it to just release the, the trauma that was in the body. Um, not through the mind, but actually through the body. Yeah. 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 It can be various different reasons why the base chakra would freeze up. Um, not feeling safe in the body it could be other lifetime stuff. It could be stuff from the bloodlines. Um, the, it sounds almost like your base chakra froze or, or just got stuck or something. Yeah. You just have to unstick it. it and I also think it. there was a lot of, maybe it was projection or it was taken away from me. It felt like that. And I had to bring it back to myself. Does that make sense? Yeah, there is a process called in shamanism called soul retrieval. Ah. And um, the idea in soul retrieval is, actually, we should do that. We should do it. But um, <clears throat> when I trained in the shaman, shamanic practices, um, it's wonderful, beautiful, but very slow. And I find that we don't have time to do it that way anymore. So basically, you would work with one person and you call one aspect back that got left you at the age of seven and you go find it and you bring it back and you blow it into them and you do a little ceremony and so you're calling the light back but actually we fragment light in this lifetime throughout various points of our life we can fragment a lot of light so a fra- uh, trauma fragments light every time we have a trauma it fragments our light that trauma can be one shock bang uh like a rape could be a trauma or it could be a drip, drip, drip every day for years and years of being in a situation where you just feel this is too, too much. A narcissistic father or something or mother or something. So light fragments. And so we call it back, uh, not in the body, but we call it back into a crystal and we ask the higher self to clear it before we bring it back into our body. So we should do that as a little final. Yeah. I was waiting. What are we going to do? Well, that's okay. There it is. You told me. <laughs> I love it's it. It's always good. Thank you for telling me that. I was wondering. I don't know what to do now. All right, we should do that. So the idea is that in this lifetime, you could fragment from any traumatic experience in your life, from childhood, maybe, maybe even possibly in the womb. Possibly, I think it's possible. Is that possible? Not often, but in the womb is possible. And uh, childhood, definitely. Uh, those formative years, we can fragment light. Adolescence is another traumatic time. Young adult, when we start work, can be traumatic. So if you've had any traumas, we should call back light from any of those traumas. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Close your eyes and breathe. And remembering there are angels holding the space. In all the transmissions, there are angels I call. In the East, Raphael, Archangel of Air, the symbol, the caduceus, and the energy, emerald green fire. Allow that angel to hold the space. To the south is Michael, 
archangel of the energy of fire, the element of fire. The symbol, a sword of flaming blue light, the energy electric blue fire. Invite Michael to hold the space, hold your personal space. So Raphael in the east, Michael in the south, and to the west is Gabriel, archangel of water. The symbol, a silver cup or chalice, the energy diamond white fire. Invite that angel to hold the space. And the fourth angel completing the circle on the horizontal plane is Uriel, archangel of earth, the symbol, a golden pentacle, a five-pointed star in a circle of light, and the energy ruby red fire. Allow that angel to hold the space. Four angels holding the space in the horizontal plane. Let's call your team in spirit of the highest light and resonance, your highest self. I am presence. All angelic angel, all angelic forces, I should say, angelic forces, all star races, star beings holding you, all guides, all helpers come be with you now, all specialist teams, uh, healing teams, ascension teams come be with you now. And the vertical force angels is Metatron and Sandophon, Metatron from the great central sun and Sandophon from the crystalline grid of the earth. Let's invite those grids into the space to meet in the heart. Golden white light from the great central sun and diamond white from the crystalline grid of the earth. I ask your higher self to give you an etheric crystal, a si the size of a watermelon, sealed in ultraviolet fire. Call from the universe a crystal from the universe. Imagine holding it in your hands. This crystal is highly magnetic, sealed in fire, highly magnetic. Imagine holding this crystal and asking for any light that you have fragmented through trauma in your childhood years to come back to you, not in your body, but in the crystal, any part of your inner child that has fragmented, perhaps your inner sense of fun or play or laughter that you have fragmented for whatever reason, call it back into the crystal. As you were growing up, in your preteens and teenage years, if there was any trauma that caused any of your light to fragment, any trauma because of sexuality, of new identity, call that light back of difficult interactions with boyfriends or anyone, call the light back and see any part of your adolescent light coming back into the crystal, flowing from 360 degrees into the crystal, wherever that energy is hiding. If it's willing to come back from whatever dimension, call it back into the crystal and seal it into the crystal and hold it there, all of your light. And the young adult years, the time of work or higher education, anywhere you have suffered trauma in those years, call the light back. Anywhere you have been traumatized through work or higher education, call the light back into the crystal. Again, see light flowing 360 degrees into the crystal. Seal it there. Any of your multidimensional gifts that you have fragmented as not being safe to express in this lifetime, call them back into the crystal. Anywhere you have worried about being too weird or having to conform, call the light back that you have fragmented. Call it back into the crystal. Again, see light flowing 360 degrees. Any of your multidimensional gifts. And seal all of this light in the crystal. And when it stops coming, when it stops coming, surrender this crystal to your higher self or the angels, asking them to take this crystal to a temple of healing, to clear, cleanse, heal, transform this light and return it to you when the healing is done, to return it to you when the healing is done, not before, not before. 
and surrender the crystal and let it go, knowing it will be cleared and cleansed and returned to you so that all of the trauma is cleared out of it. Only the light is returned to you. Only the light is returned to you. And breathe and open, breathe and open. Knowing that light will come back to you, wherever it needs to come back, whichever organ, whichever chakra it needs to come back, wherever in your body or energy field it needs to come back, whether the emotional body or mental body or spiritual bodies, that it will come back to you at the right time. It will come back to you at the right time. It will come back to you at the right time. And thanking all angels of the horizontal plane for holding the space in the vertical plane, for holding the space, and your team in spirit for holding the space, for holding the space. And breathe and just let the magic happen. Allow the universe to do what it needs to do as you've set the whole process in motion. You have set the process in motion now. It's been set in motion, set in motion. And breathe and come back, wiggling fingers and toes. Fingers and toes. And if you're very enlightened, even your nose, as in bewitched. Some of you are very enlightened. I can't do that. Ah, and breathe. There we are. Danielle, Daniela, there you are. I felt that. Good. Yeah, me too. I was like crying. Good. Yeah, it, it will come back. The light will come back at the right time, at the right pace. I also yeah. was getting that I, um, I had neglected a lot of what I was afraid of growing up. So even though I was scared, I would always push through, but I think yeah. now I need to start holding myself whenever I do feel fear. Yeah. Yeah. We fragment our fear and fear can be useful when it's like intuition saying, don't go there. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. And we can push through and it's like, Oh, I know why I shouldn't have pushed through that now. Mm. Yeah. There is no bad emotion. Uh, even anger. Is not, there's no bad anger. It can be inappropriate anger, but we need anger for our boundaries. If we, if we fragment our anger, we can't get angry. And there are people who can't get angry, and they usually suffer with boundaries and issues with money and things like that. So we need to call back our anger and all of our emotions, everything, um, even our doubt. There are, if, if, you, if we fragment our doubt, we're too naive. We believe everything. We have to go, is this for real? You know, we need the doubt, not to be overwhelmingly doubt everything, but just to be there as a tool, you know. Mm -hmm. So there we are. Everything is protection. Everything is there for use and a reason, you know. Right. Thanks, guys, well, thank for inviting me. Thank you so me. much. Thank you. Watch out for those twin flames, Daniela. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. With that. Avoid, avoid, avoid. Red <laughs> alert. Thank yes. you. Yeah. Thank, thank you so, so much, much, Steve. And thank you, Rosies, for listening today. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, everyone. Bye.